Hey, Senora. Hi. How are you doing today? Hey, Jatin. I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing well on a Saturday morning. Yeah, looks like you had a lot of coaching to give. <laughs> I know, you know. Things are just going on like that. Yeah. But who, whom, whom do we have today? Who's our guest for today? Uh, well, we have Ritu Raj today. And Ritu Raj is here from Pune. Oh, wow. So, Kasai, yeah. Ritu Raj, to me. Uh, hi to both of you. Master uh, Being a Punekar since last almost 10 plus years, I feel very fortunate to be associated with uh, Pune, which is considered to be as uh, uh, like the uh, city of uh, city which provides all the facilities of education. It's it's known for a hub of education in India. Mm-hmm. There is nothing which is like, uh, you will find everything in Pune. That's what the quote says. That's correct, that's correct. <laughs> know, and um, what Maja, language uh, is that? This is, this is Marathi, Marathi. Now we are speaking. Yeah, Ooh, this is Marathi. Nice. <laughs> yeah. nee, Maji, I Pune to na hai. So, of that's course, right. te Marathi na hai. Uh-huh. But uh, then I do like, of course, being in Canada for so long is like my modernity has gone slightly rusted now. Okay, so but little bit I, like the conversation is there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and you open thoda far bolu, manje tumala revise hoy. ठीक है ठीक है चलो एक try करो यार. चलिए चलिए. Looks like I'll be learning Marathi very soon. I'll be speak fluent Marathi like very soon. Yeah, I know, Sinora. Like even last. When we spoke with another case, it was in Marathi again, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and still I couldn't recognize it. Uh, I think next time I'm definitely gonna recognize it, and the very next time I'm gonna speak too. So... <laughs> good, 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 good. That would good, be good, good. <laughs> Yeah, but welcome, uh, Rituraj. So just to just to tell everyone about our uh, all our listeners about uh, you today. So you are currently with Tetra Park as an agile coach, and you have 11 years of experience. And I want you to give your uh, you know a brief about your introduction or what did you do but just to tell all our listeners that you have two patents and you have a book written by you you do conferences speaker and yeah so many things so i think i'll give the stage to you to talk more about yourself sure thanks sinora so yeah to talk about myself uh, i'm rituraj uh, I have done my engineering uh, in my hometown, which is Kolapur, which is like uh, a, a mid midpoint in between Pune and Bangalore, the two IT cities, uh, major IT cities in India. And then since last uh, 10, 11 years, I'm uh, here in Pune, worked with uh, multiple MNCs. And right now I'm working as a uh, as an agile coach slash scrum master slash safe release train engineer at Tetra Pak. And uh, when it comes to my interests, it's all about uh, agile ways of working and uh, um, exploring the industry 4.0 specific technology stacks and delivering the agile products around those technologies like cloud, internet of things, IoT, AI, ML, data science, data analytics, RPA, QA, DevSecOps, uh, etc. And recently I have published uh, my book. The name of the book is Mastering Advanced Scrum. Uh, 
Um, I've been acting as a speaker at uh, various global conferences and uh, even at educational institutes, including IITs and IIMs. Uh, I'm holding two innovation patents, which are majorly into the area of IoT and Industry 4.0 related initiatives, where I did some R&D with uh, the other Faro researchers. And I'm been into this uh, agile product development, uh, delivery ways of working, DevOps and everything, as all these things go hand in hand since last 11 years. And I started my career as a software developer. Then I moved into SDT role. Then I got an exposure into cloud IoT. And since last four to five years, I have uh, uh, been exploring various agile frameworks. And as, as uh, we all agree to this fact that it's all about agile values and principles, right? Just instead of doing agile, we need to be agile. And then uh, going back to those four values and 12 principles, we always need to keep our focus on those things rather than just picking any framework and then applying to the teams, agile teams. So yeah, that's pretty much about me. I could summarize. Nice, very good. So, how did you come upon Agile first of all? Like, what what attracted you towards Agile, or how did you come across uh, Agile, and then you started your journey on it? Yeah, so it's an interesting question, and there was there was an inst- interesting story behind it. Like when I was working with ADP back in 2015, uh, our team was searching for a person who could do the things in terms of. Uh, uh, the roles and responsibilities or accountabilities which are required to be uh, carried out by a scrum master. So in our product development team, there was no one who was ready to take up that responsibility. I just took it as a challenge. And then uh, initially I struggled a bit because uh, I was completely new uh, to this agile thing and even to the scrum framework. Uh, being a part of the agile uh, product development team uh, team uh, there in that particular setup, I was knowing a little bit about uh, how the framework is all about and then which all things are associated with it. But then uh, as a scrum master, that was the first time when I got an exposure to the scrum framework and then the ways of uh, doing the things using agile mindset and everything. And then slowly my interest got developed. Uh, Then I got a chance to do some trainings and uh, I also did some certifications, read many books, uh, many blogs. So uh, right from Mike Cohen and uh, Gunther and uh, even I keep on uh, discussing with these big names uh, uh, through LinkedIn or through other social medias because they are like agile gurus. They have lived agile in their lives and then um, that's how the interest got developed. And I explored a few things here and there. Uh, the way I got the opportunities also, uh, Touchwood, I think I should, I should say this, that I got really good opportunities uh, wherever I've worked uh, so far. Uh, and then uh, currently I'm working as a Scrum Master for three Scrum teams, as well as a Safe RT at a program level where we are a part of an Agile release train. And then it's a big setup where we are... Um, running some initiatives in the digital automation components industry 4.0 specific initiatives but then uh, literally uh, you can you can say it like i'm an accidental uh, scrum master uh, at the start and then slowly uh, read many things listened to many folks and then did some self-learning also 
and then that's how the journey happened so far yeah i think we all are accidental not i don't know about all because <laughs> jatin is again like he's from era where you know this all started i think from mycon and all of those guys but yeah. for me also it happened so suddenly and accidentally and mm-hmm. once it happened i could never leave it like yeah so yeah, yeah i can totally i can totally echo what you're feeling right now <laughs> yeah my accident would be that uh, we wanted uh, i had an on site offshore client right so that's what forced me to move into but it was of course we are talking 2002 that's See, the time I told you. Uh, right <laughs> <laughs> that's the time we started working with extreme programming xp with an on site offshore model so we had to you know of course mm-hmm. do that handshake every day and of course with extreme programming you are directly jumping as one of the frameworks which was earlier used by for agile So, what what kind of challenges you face? You mentioned uh, Rituraj. Okay, face a lot of challenges. So, while working and while implementing, like because you worked Tetra Pak, not only Tetra Pak, but I know Tetra Pak is a quite a huge company out there, and they have a lot of products as well. But uh, when you started your Agile journey, you mentioned about the challenges, right? Mm -hmm. So, your personal challenges as well as challenges while in the organization. Yeah. um there are many challenges but then the key challenge is all about agile mindset mm. where uh, that is the prime thing where uh, uh people struggle a lot and uh, sometimes you know the things uh because things have been done that way only the status quo part of it right we are doing this thing and then uh we don't want to try out any new approaches when it comes to our way of working right that's the thing which we keep on hearing from the developers or uh, even from the stakeholders or the senior management sometimes the typical top level management is always been waterfallish right and it's not wrong because at the end of the day uh, some business sponsor is putting some budget and at the end of the day it's a serious business we are working on some products and then they are always looking up to the return on investments right um but but at the same time i think uh, if we sell out that idea by experimenting the things and then keeping on exploring the things with the set of teams and then if we can really prove the value of why agile seems to be a good fit uh, as compared to the water polish way of working as well as uh, not just for the sake of doing the process uh, we are not doing it right um, i think uh, it takes significant amount of time uh, to to uh, probably uh, live up to the expectations from the senior management as well as stakeholders and to find the right balance in between the engineering and business side right so i think the role of a product owner or the person who is acting as a mediator in between the engineering and business team uh, that person has to be a thorough agileist first uh, from process point of view i think scrum masters agile coaches are always going to be there to challenge the status quo to have that kind of a foresight to have that kind of a persuasion to bring that sense of agile community driven sharing of best practices kind of thing like all the qualities of servant leadership basically um, and then uh, things won't change within a day or two right uh, so leadership buy in 
agile mindset uh, then understanding the thorough agility exploring new things uh, and then um, sense making systems thinking i think these are the few things where i could see that teams struggle a lot and uh, basically the moment you utter this word word in front of them like we are doing it uh, using this particular framework or that particular framework typically uh, those folks who are like technology geeks or the, those folks who are like core developers uh, they always go with the technology angle of uh, agility so technical agility is always going to be the core of any any form of agility that's for sure and that's the reason i think xp or any any such framework which has its core in technical agility i think we won't get to see uh, that kind of a hindrance or that kind of a friction when we propose any such frameworks to them but when it comes to other frameworks like scrum or kanban just for the sake of process driven uh, approach we could see that kind of a friction so instead of saying those words i think uh, indirectly if we can uh, challenge the status quo and then address the need of continuous learning continuous improvement and trying out the innovation experimentation way of doing it failing fast failing safe learn unlearn relearn i think uh, that that certainly works and then i have tried so many times and then i could see that these things certainly make a difference there are challenges but then at the end of the day uh, we we all need to work upon the best of the best uh, best test ideas i could i could uh, say uh, and then it's not always like the duty of a scrum master or an agile coach that brainstorming needs to happen within the team and then even if a fresher is a fresh graduate is providing an idea to skip uh, any of the uh, things which are not adding any value in terms of wherever it is uh, applicable be it a process be it a people point of view be it a product point of view that that uh voice needs to be heard and uh, inspection part is done adaptation is all what we need to do on a continuous improvement basis yeah absolutely and i think you touched upon a lot of good points here uh, rituraj like a lot of things that we usually talk about a lot but mm -hmm. when it comes to implementation we all create our own version of you know processes and things right. for the team initially and then how we take them gradually from where they are in the initial phase to the to the final phase or not even the final phase like to the journey it yeah. it takes a lot of uh, like you know challenging the status quo and going over like reiterating the processes also because you can't just go in with the scrum book and say hey this is what it is you have right. to follow from the very next day and that's it like i don't care right. how you do it you can't just do that we right. also iteratively like you know do increment of our process in terms of introducing new stuff or creating that muscle memory for the people to start you know adapting to these cadences or getting used to this meeting and not taking meeting like oh there's so many meetings and stuff like that so right. yeah definitely inspection adaptation all these things they they really play a key role uh, in in how our journey has been uh, in all this while uh, yeah. so what about i i actually wanted to ask you about culture so how do how does culture play part in all of this like you know the organization culture you i see you've worked with cognizant you've worked with adp you have with tetra pak now how has culture helped you or caused hindrance for you in this process mm -hmm. uh the the good thing about my uh, career journey so far while being into this role is that 
I never got a chance to work with a co-located Scrum team or an Agile team. I have always worked with the globally distributed teams right from uh, 2015, almost five to six years. So even though in this Corona pandemic times, uh, people were struggling to get themselves acquainted with the remote ways of working thing. Uh, I felt like I'm fortunate and lucky enough to uh, to 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 say it like I, I already got that kind of an exposure in past, and then I could make use of certain things uh, to make uh, things better uh, in 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 a better shape. But then I think culture definitely it has a, a significant amount of. Uh, uh, role which needs to be played because uh, culture can't be built uh, within a year or so and then it's always like a combination of top-down and bottom-up approach right your organization always has uh, a vision uh, strategy which gets converted into the portfolios and programs and then the projects and products, everything, right? So the things get percolated from top to down. But at the end of the day, it's like uh, the ground level folks, the teams who are who are going to work upon those uh, things to achieve those roadmaps, which will support your org level objectives or program level objectives, one level up. So to, to have that kind of culture, uh, uh, from an organization's point of view, it is really required to have a proper uh, understanding and uh, handshake in between top-down and bottom-up. So that is the organizational point of view. When it comes to the learning uh, part of it, I think uh, the culture of innovation, experimentation, continuous learning, uh, that, that also uh, plays an important role because at the end of the day, uh, I was reading one of the reports from Gartner or IDC where they mentioned that every 56th day, a new technology is getting introduced. Um, so gone are the days where uh, we are we are spending uh, too much of time into the manual deployment of a code or mm -hmm. uh, manual testing, right? So mm -hmm. uh, nowadays it is like companies like Amazon, Google, Microsoft, they are deploying to the production every single day multiple times right so that's mm -hmm. the importance of devops and devops way of working which goes hand in hand with agile so uh, at the end of the day individuals who are going to contribute as a part of those agile teams they need to understand that on one side they are getting an exposure to learn new things on a daily basis and then on the other side from the stakeholders or top level management point of view, they also need to have a look at knowledge as a service model. You know, you might have heard about infrastructure as a service platform, as a service software, as a service, IaaS, PaaS. So there is one more new buzzword which is coming. They call it as knowledge as a service. So, so what is that? Little, yeah, <laughs> so last year only, I think it was Salesforce and Tech Mahindra. They spent around mil millions of dollars to revamp their uh, uh, learning process for their associates. They train their associates uh, in the cutting edge technologies like AI, ML and everything. And that's the need of the time, right? Because new technologies will keep on coming and then the teams need to adapt to the, those technologies. Um, uh, uh, the thing is that uh, when it comes to the learning part of it, uh, 
learning plays an important role when it's when it comes to the overall cultural aspect of uh, things which are being done into an organization and uh, innovation experimentation is also one more important thing where uh, uh, innovation is something where uh, uh, the, the pe people understand the problems from and customers end not only the product owners or product managers bringing up those problems but uh literally developers understanding the pain points from the customers end and then they are proposing something so when it comes to okrs we always say that it's not only the product owners each and every person who is a part of a scrum team they need to put themselves into the shoes of a product owner and they need to come up with the problems which can be converted into the objectives which can be worked upon and then we need to have some measurables uh, measurements uh using which we can convert those objectives and then key results and then we can work upon those customer pain points and then make a change right at the end of the day it's all about value delivery and then uh when it comes to the lean agile way of working uh, eliminating the waste and adding more value eliminating the waste and adding more value so uh, learning new things also acts as one of the aspects when it comes to adding new value because if they do uh, a simple ci cd pipeline implementation uh, the cadence of 3 weeks of sprint can be reduced to 2 weeks can be further reduced to 1 week right because they are saving their effort time also the cost so the waterfallish way of iron triangle uh, that triangle cost uh, quality scope right that is also getting addressed yeah. indirectly culture culture is the most important thing and then along with the culture mindset uh, is also one more thing which uh, drives that culture right yeah that's yeah, amazing yeah nice you you touch base on okr like you know uh -huh. like how was your experience been using scrum and okr together like because that's what you know people might have thought that oh okr is separate and scrum or agile is separate but then people tend to forget that uh, you know you can have okr as part of your sprint and you can have uh, not only that you can individually have your okrs plus get it incorporated during while running your sprints or while running your whether it's scrum or whether it's kanban yeah so so it's a, it's a simple goal setting framework Uh, mm. it has nothing to deal with scrum way of working or kanban way of working even you can define your personal set of okrs for a period of a quarter or for for a period of 6 months or 1 year and then you can uh, so 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 as to give you a literal simple kind of an okr definition you want to be a fit and fine person by the end of this year and then you define it like i need to be fit and fine by the end of this year and then that is your objective which is a simple measurable realistic uh, flexible uh, achievable okay so those are the key characteristics when we define any kind of an objective the corresponding key results would be like my body mass index uh, in the next 3 months needs to be into this particular limit my uh, hip to waist ratio needs to be this currently it is at this position and i'm expecting it to be at that position by the end of next month or something so you have your current positioning and your future uh, uh, idealistic uh, progression based uh, measure where you need to see yourself so that is nothing but one of the key results and then you define the key results 
this particular approach helps you to set your focus it creates an engagement and then sometimes you need to stretch a bit you need to be committed so if you can correlate all of this a simple example to your uh, product development team or even to the service delivery team where you have product is already gone live and then you want to ensure that your system is up and running 24 by 7 you might have heard about this facebook instagram which was uh, uh, i think uh, down for almost half a day couple of months back yeah. right so if if we would like to improve upon our mean time to repair kind of a metric where we always need to ensure, ensure that our systems are up and running 24 by 7 and even if anything goes down even if a simple microservice goes down within fraction of seconds we should recover it lowest mean time to repair or mean time to restore so we can set it as an okr for a service delivery team or let's suppose if it is a product development team uh, probably we would like to ensure that uh, our code deployment time is getting reduced from these many hours to these many hours right um, i think the focus always needs to be on the outcome part of it uh, so there are two terms which we always uh, talk about when it comes to okrs one is output and the other one is outcome output is nothing but the number of lines of codes uh, which the developers have written the number of features which we are shipping it to the production um, so we can have all of that uh, that acts as a base but how much value it is giving to the end user or to the customers that's what our interest always needs to be so focusing on the outcomes and having some outcome based okrs defined for a period of a quarter and then uh, in tetra pack i think in last quarter we started with the pilot implementation of okrs so out of that setup we chose three to four agile teams scrum teams and then we uh, also did some learnings around it i also did facilitated some workshops to give them the training about theoretical part of it i also gave them some use cases as well as the real time examples like what could be the possible uh, type of uh, scenarios where you can derive those okrs we ran some workshops and then uh, they also got the meaning about why we are doing it understanding the why aspect of it and then when they literally got to know about the difference in between the outcome output and outcome i think uh, they themselves understood that even if we release hundreds of features within a year that is not going to make our product uh, popular or that is not going to increase the number of customers which are getting onboarded at the end of the day which feature is being used the most uh, and what is the real time customer feedback which we are getting that is the most important thing which we always need to consider and then basically driving those okrs will give us a power to generate those user stories so okrs literally act as a machine to generate those user stories outcome based customer value focused user stories and that also helps the product manager product owners to bridge the gaps in between the customer understanding and what engineering teams are doing Uh, literally i can say that uh, after the end of uh, last quarter uh, we we could achieve almost 80% of okrs what we committed and then there were lessons learned uh, few teams struggle a bit because they thought it like they will be able to achieve everything but they couldn't uh, but then i think over a period of next 6 months or uh, one year 
we will be uh, exploring uh, this kind of uh, uh, goal setting framework and then we will be experimenting it out with the other teams also so that they can also share their experiences but it is really a powerful framework and when we combine it with ebm framework which is another framework which is all about evidence based management yeah. framework uh, they to uh, like uh, you you can do some miracles like you understand where your current positioning is and where you would like to go in a period of next one year two years or three years and then if we combine okrs with ebm that's like Uh, a real miracle which we could see uh, get going that's amazing so i'm actually intrigued uh, how do you measure your okr like how what are the agile best metrics that you uh, like to see or like to have to actually measure your okr or even your team hygiene and all of that yeah yeah so uh, frankly speaking gone are the days when we are only measuring the burn downs and burn ups mm-hmm. and velocity because those are again output based metrics yeah. so when i said about the outcome based metrics uh, it's all about uh, those four key value areas which you could get to see under the ebm framework so whether it is uh, uh, current value unrealized value uh, time to market or ability to innovate there are two areas which are like outward facing more of customer facing areas and two are like more inward facing so Um, the way i said it like let's take an example of uh, red tape uh, uh, measurement how many times within a sprint a developer keeps on waiting for the other developers or for uh, someone to give an approval to do something mm-hmm. right if if you if if a particular person or a developer is waiting for an access permission for two days literally you are wasting two days for someone else to give that access permission right so identifying how many red tapes are there because of which things are getting delayed and then uh, how we can reduce those red tapes okay mm-hmm. uh, the number of agile uh, i don't know whether number or percentage will make a good thing uh, suitable thing here but then how your agile values are being enacted upon within your team right uh, when it comes to the current value probably you would like to have a look into the net pro- net promoter score or customer satisfaction csat score where you are really asking them about which all features within a product are frequently used which all features are not at all used right uh, the number of user based sessions uh, per month the number of active users which are making use of a particular feature right so again the, the these kind of metrics which will be uh, acting as a powerful source of a uh, thought process or thought triggering process for your teams where you can certainly look at the outcome and then see like whether it is ability to innovate time to market current value or unrealized value uh, let's speak let's suppose we can have a brainstorming within the team and for next couple of sprints let's focus upon ability to innovate yeah uh, let's let's understand uh, how we can prevent uh, technical debt right from the beginning uh, if it is an existing team where we already have a technical debt how we can ensure that we have a better restructuring uh, refactoring of our code how we can improve our uh, test coverage uh how we can make use of automation to ensure that we are reducing the time required effort required cost and everything so i think uh, uh 
uh, if you really look at those four key value areas from EBM framework, uh, there are n number of metrics which you can think of belonging to each individual area, and then you can just experiment around it. At the end of the day, you will think that this particular area needs to be given more focus upon, or this is the particular metric which we would like to pick it up from that particular key value area. But at the end of the day, you will find it out like these things are perfectly working fine for us. But at least you will get to know that these are the things which are working fine for you. And then let's look at some other metrics. And then at the end of the day, product owner needs to uh, be uh, or the product manager needs to always understand that these are the metrics where your focus always needs to be not on the velocity and everything. The story points can be inflated. Um, we know like what are the consequences if we focus upon the output. Uh, more of an outcome based metrics any metric which has got a significant focus on the outcome uh, part of it that i would like to have within my teams yeah and i think the metrics that can help stakeholders make better decisions they're yeah. always outcome based metrics right. so right. output right. is just just not the right way to look at the team or the team health and those kind of things so yeah definitely yeah. Yeah. Correct. Because see, nowadays what has happened is because that our products out, we like all, not only we, meaning like everybody wants to see how is the product adoption, user adoption of your product, right? And what is the user experience that people are getting while using your application or your product, or your product which is there? And of course, you need a lot of data that needs to be generated. So based on that data analysis, you can come and say that, okay, uh, product owners, or this is the product, how do we improvise, you know, where to improvise, assuming if you're having a, a customer churn out, then okay, how can you decrease those things, right? right. And that right. definitely helps. I agree with you on that. And of course, then based on that, you can come up with your customized matrix, how you want to display it and how you want to take it forward. Yeah. Absolutely. So, that, that's nice. I think so. EBM is the new thing which is already there now. Of course, exploration, people are still in that state or experimenting it. But then I think uh, I definitely agree with you that yeah, EBM would be one of the major players in coming in the near future, you know, where you have seen something like it's an evident thing. It's like it's in front of you. It's, those are numbers which are there, which makes it more easier for people to understand and, you know, work on it. Yeah. It's all about data-driven decision-making. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, this, this has been some great information that you provided. But I also wanted to hear something about your book, uh, like you wrote a book mm. and what it is about. And if you want to tell the listeners, like, you know, why should they read your book? <laughs> 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 okay, so book is the second thing. Probably I would like to ask both of you and to all the other uh, uh, folks who are going to uh, watch this video uh, afterwards. They should visit my LinkedIn profile and I have written a LinkedIn article there, okay, which talks about uh, how we are doing agile and not being agile. That too in a sarcastic way. You will definitely laugh a lot uh, after reading that article. That article uh, uh, was uh, highlighted somewhere with one of the publication houses in India. Uh, and then their uh, editing team, they contacted me back in 2019. Uh, they told me that this is what they have read and then they want me to write something for them. 
So I literally told them that writing a blog on an article versus writing a book, which is of 300, 400 pages, there's a, it's like North Pole and South Pole, right? Yeah. You know, and then I, I, I haven't tried it. Like till that point of time, I was not uh, aware of this thing, like how much complex, complicated, chaotic thing it is to write a mm-hmm. book. Uh, like, I don't know how these folks like Chetan Bhagat and Shobade <laughs> and uh, all those big authors, how they can write these uh, wonderful books, amazing books. But it is, uh, trust me, it is really a difficult, complex process. Uh, I literally spent around one year. So initially, I took a step back. I told them that I will uh, figure it out. I will send you an outline. Uh, they agreed to that. I sent them an outline. I sent them first two chapters and then uh, probably after that the outline remain all together on a different direction and then the book turned out to be altogether a different thing <laughs> uh, and then it that's happened, how our I agile think. journey is also like when we enter yeah. the project we think yeah. of different things by the end of it it's a different team altogether. <laughs> right 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 <laughs> yeah. so yeah and then i think uh, uh, the good thing about this thing is that uh, the book is that i got a chance to read so many things uh, so, so it acted like literally revising the concepts uh, all together. Sometimes it happens that you might have heard about this particular thing. Uh, you might have heard about the swarming thing or liberating structures or gamification, right? Mm-hmm. But then sometimes uh, over a period of time, you get stuck with that particular project or a product and then a development team. And then uh, literally uh, you forget about those tools. The book is all about those tools. The book is all about those techniques. The book is all about all those add-ons which you can have uh, explored, applied, and then in an experimentation way of doing it, obviously. So if you look at the Scrum Guide, it tells you about uh, the Scrum framework, right? What the framework is all about. What are the events? What are the roles? What are the artifacts? The values? And then the concept of empiricism. It won't tell you about how you would like to implement Scrum, right? And I think I was uh, listening to one of the uh, professional Scrum trainers, Nanda Lankalapalli in uh, India. He said that intentionally the Scrum guide has been kept uh, like an open book. Okay, there, there are some gaps in the Scrum guide. And then I think Ken Shopper also mentioned this thing that uh, those gaps are required because it's not a foolproof framework. It keeps on evolving. Literally now it's 13 pages of PDF, which they have reduced it to micro version of it. Initially, it was not that much small, but then it keeps on uh, evolving based upon the feedbacks which get shared over the globe and then how the agile or scrum practitioners are playing around with the framework and they are implementing their own ways of working. The core thing remains the same. The five scrum values empiricism still remains the same, but uh, the scrum guide won't tell you like, it tells you the what part, it won't tell you how part, mm-hmm. right? And then when it comes to the how part, there are n number of other things which you can explore, which you can apply, which you can uh, ask your teams to have them experimented uh, in their way of working. And uh, the book is all about that. So over a period of last five to six years, whichever things which I have seen uh, through the Agile coaches, through the other Scrum Masters, being a part of a Agile community of practices or Agile Center of Excellences, like the, the people are sharing their best practices and then uh, you get to know about so many things like 
okay this is how it works and then this is this probably uh, might be a problem which i have seen so far in in one of my previous projects and i did something like this but if i would have done like that which someone else had done it would have turned out to be altogether a different thing so i've tried to uh, capture all those things and then put in to that book so that you can apply those techniques and improve your uh, events improve the overall communication collaboration the structuring the alignment the roles specific things uh, so those things are nothing but some additional set of add-ons or techniques which you can uh, apply and then enhance your scrum based agile way of working so book is all about that and then i have literally put down some scenarios also uh, the conversations which are happening within the different different team members so that you can correlate to those things like yeah this this is happening in our organization also this is happening with my team also so you can easily correlate to those scenarios yeah i think uh, you touched on a very good point because normally when we are reading books it's it's more mm -hmm. concept based so sometimes you know i barely finish a book i i oh. I don't end to end read a book. I'll uh -huh. pick and choose the things because these books, you know, you like some chapters, you're fine with other chapters, uh, but the scenario based or the, uh, like, you know, the communication based books or where they are actually talking about real time scenario, you want to read it. Like I was reading this book, Project Phoenix, and I just couldn't keep it. I was up till 4am in the night and I was nonstop yeah. reading that book and I just loved it. I think I'm definitely going to read your book. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, like, it's a good book. You know, I know Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. you get you are part of that scenario now. So you want to exactly. know what's going on next and what is the next thing that's going to happen. Or you're thinking 10 things in your mind. I could do this, 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 but what is this guy going to do? Like, so right. yeah, definitely those scenario based books. It's, it's amazing to read and it's, it's really intriguing as well. Yeah. See, what has happened nowadays is people want to see practically how it was done. Can I yeah. use it? So that becomes a mentoring part. But then how will it work for me? And will I be successful or not? Okay, that's the only experiment I can try and do it and see. But yeah. at least you are getting away that, oh, this was a situation. I have something similar. Okay, this works for me. Okay, let me see the solution, what he has done. And let yeah. me try it out. Right? Yeah. And that's what yeah. people like. That's what people want. Like yeah. whether it's your, whether it's for, like even if, like has... Rituraj, you mentioned. See, agile, people think that agile is okay. Just follow those principles and this uh, principles and values and you're agile. But <laughs> how do you do it? Agile is all customizable. It's not like, okay, what you follow is has to be somewhere. It has to be yeah, the yeah. same. Like you yeah. might have had heard about like there is a Spotify agile framework, which is there, right? They, yeah. are, they have taken Scrum Agile and then they have customized as per their requirement. Mm -hmm. Similarly, I don't know if you have heard about zombie scrum. There are so many scrums yeah. which are out there, right? So people have picked up the core and have done a good wrapper around it, which suits their requirements. But yeah. people tend to forget or organizations tend to forget that, okay, scrum is like, okay, you go out in the market, buy it and just use it the same way as it is. But that doesn't work, right? It, then it, yeah. And when they fail, it's like, oh, scrum doesn't work for me. Let's go the way we were doing our business. Right. Right. So that is, that's what I definitely agree with Sonora. Like okay, the Sonora based, uh, Sonora for situation <laughs> based books and things. Or Sonora based books. Things. Yeah, right. Now, now, now this, that's the new, new framework. This is a new framework. Yeah. 
framework. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, next yeah. next book for you, Rituraj. You have to write yeah, yeah. that one now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty interesting. In fact, for me, being working in IT for almost 10 plus years, and now I kind of made a switch to marketing, and it's absolutely different from what I've been doing in IT so far, but we are using the same agile values and principles stays the same, but the whole framework has to be modified based on their needs, their requirements, and their campaigns. It's, it's right. no more product development. It's, it's campaign that we need to launch. So it's, it's so much fun to do it. At the same time, there's so much thought process that goes into you know how you can evolve yourself from the ways that you were working to implementing new ways for them so yeah it's it's absolutely it's it's fun the agile best is the agility part of the agile world it, it's the best part like you you can just go out and about and choose the horizons and you know do your things there yeah. So, Sinara, you should call it as marketing IT. Don't call it as IT is oh, different. No. In my, so, it's marketing IT. Still, some no, no, level there's of no IT. IT. Comes there's no IT. No? no IT. There's no oh, wow. IT at all. There's creative mm -hmm. team. There's, uh, you know, agencies and all. There's no IT at all. <laughs> That's what the fun part is. Yeah. But then what, what you are campaigning uh, all about, like, what is the product? which is so they're different so it's a bank that i'm working for uh -huh. so they have different products like you know immigrant related products or people who are coming to uh, canada first time first time home buyer products those kind of things so they have to launch campaigns for these people when they come so they, sh they should be coming to our bank and you know taking services from a bank so how can we get like you know how can we get them already from their home country how can they start to decide and how will they get to know about a bank because Canada banks are like some are global, some are restricted to Canada or US itself. So how would okay. you uh, gauge that kind of audience? So creating mm -hmm. those targeted campaigns and, you know, incremental campaigns. So like you, you're not doing like big bank campaign, you're uh, iteratively building a campaign and then launching the campaign in the, in the end with the target audience uh, and not like, you know, a general message, like, marketing is all about messaging right so yeah. you if you create one message for everyone it doesn't work everyone has their own uh, set of mindset or set of uh, needs that they are looking for so how will you with incremental incrementally how will you reach out to that audience create that specific audience campaign and the testing is your a b testing so marketing have a b testing split testing so how will you do those and get the, your target segmented audience so it's completely it's it's like you know you can carry your you have an agile marketing manifesto, so it's it's like you know you you mm -hmm. so go that, with that those. means you, you all must be using SaaS as a tool a lot because SaaS when I was implementing SaaS for uh, some of the banks here in Canada as well as in India like ICICI Bank, mm. there's something called as I don't know years back okay they had something called as a campaign management tool. Mm -hmm. So based on your requirement and the data that you have, SAS would be able to extract that data list mm -hmm. to you. And based on that, you could run your campaign, like whether it's paper or social media or in whatever way you want it. Yeah. Actually, right now, what I see is the marketing world is more waterfall and they are trying mm. to go like Pepsi and all these companies, uh, Tesla yeah. and all these companies are doing huge amount of work. Amazon is doing huge amount of work in agile mm. marketing. Of so course. they are, there's, there's this huge whole new way of uh, launching your campaigns and 
like collaborating with your uh, sales team and your uh, mm. you know marketing uh, agencies and these guys who are definitely working in silos like you know they yeah. are, they don't int- you know in a normal world they don't get to get together so how will mm. you bring them all together so it's it's definitely uh it's 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 yeah. definitely good, good learning yeah it's good learning <laughs> and good experimentation yeah yeah, 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 yeah absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah right okay so i think this is this has been really great and i think with you ritraj the time just flies like <laughs> i i like you know i can't believe it's been so long already <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. thank you ritraj so it was nice having you here and definitely uh, we ran through a lot of things and uh, quite a learning experience for people to uh, you know hear and understand and try to experiment in their work as well and a lot of insights came out hopefully we should be able to get the hold of that book very soon sometime luckily if you are lucky enough over here and uh, definitely i think i would definitely let people also know that uh, you know if you if this is might be the book which has you know a lot of stuff in it it is based on scenarios not sonora but <laughs> <laughs> definitely those scenarios will are very lively and very you know yeah. yeah the reality part of it like this is what will happen and this is how you could handle it and that definitely would help so once again thank you for sharing on your knowledge with us over on the show and wishing you all the best thank you ritraj this has been amazing yeah thank you so much thanks for having me and thanks for your time also yeah yeah thank you thank you thank you